Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And we're live. We are live. And I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. He is a sage. He's been in marketing for 35 plus years, an award-winning copywriter, understanding the buyer. He's a blogger, a speaker, founder, the, the, the owner, the curator of Cargill Creative. He's a social media marketer. And I got to tell you, my social game is awesome, but his is on point. So we're going to learn a lot about that from him. He's also the president of the Boston chapter of the AMA, American Marketing Association. He is also known by many people, competitors and friends alike, as the beast ran 14 miles two days ago, or a few days ago. My friend and crazy marketer, Bob Cargill, how are you, sir? Very, very well. Not, not my, only my old friends, friends from back in the day know my nickname, The Beast. That's pretty funny. You've now- Now uh, everyone knows your nickname, The Beast. <laughs> you let the cat out of the bag. I did. I the did. Beast. That's what I'm going to call you from now on, too. Love that. Love that. <laughs> you got it. And, well, I'm so glad you're about here. All sorts of things today. And it, for sure, it's about social. Your point, you're, you're, you're on- your social is so good. I can't even describe it. And, and I want to learn from you about that. I also want to learn from you about how that bumps into marketing automation and just the idea of automation. Um, and do we lose our souls in that? And I also want to hear, you've been in marketing for such a long time. You were almost, a, you were like around in the Mad Men days. So I want to hear about stories of how it's evolved since that. So you know, start us off. Are, have you heard any kind of crazy strategies, any, any myths you just want to smash? And here you go, actually. I have a, a helper. This is Thor's hammer. Just receive Thor's hammer. There you go. Okay, so <laughs> take Thor's hammer and smash away any kind of like bogus strategy you've seen, um, any kind of misconception we might have in the marketing world. Boom. Technology. So, so Casey, great question. Yeah. Uh, I believe strongly in technology. I've embraced social media very early on. 2004, I started my blog and I love digital marketing. I love all the technologies that are at our disposal. But what I don't want us to forget in the marketing industry is the human side, the human element, the human touch. There's a book by Patrick Lencioni called The Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive. It has nothing to do with marketing or social per se, but his obsessions are build organizational clarity and, and over-communicate. And, and towards the end, he says, I, I'm not stating these exactly, but yeah. towards the end, he says, uh, it's the human factor that you still have to human process. If you don't have that inappropriate and effective human process around everything, all the technology in the world is, 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 is wasted, is futile. So I take that lesson very loosely and say like with social, with digital marketing, the people behind the technology are critical and also right. the face on the brand. So, you know, it, it, who is representing you and who is behind the scenes? If you don't have the right people in place, all the technology in the world, it doesn't matter. You'll break that down first because that, that makes a lot of sense. What are the different areas we can mess that up? You know, I, I hear you. I mean, automation just automates more of whatever you have. It just like it amplifies. So if you haven't figured out people, it's going to just let everyone know that much more how much you haven't figured it out. So how, how are you seeing people mess this up? Well, 
so so uh, without naming names or, well, or it's just a hardcore marketing <laughs> show. Um, I have a lot of experience, as as you uh, yeah, almost embarrassingly so. Um, Thirty five plus years. Um, of course, digital marketing has only been around you know half half of those years. Let's sure. say. Um, but I have absolutely seen, and again, I don't know if Patrick Lencioni would would uh, you know agree with how I'm paraphrasing his four obsessions, but as he says, you know, reinforce organizational clarity through human systems. I would say reinforce um, your, your, your technology and how you're using it, how you're using this marketing automation to building the right teams, having the right people in place. That's critical. So, and, and those people to me need to have had some experience in marketing already and have to know the fundamentals. So, Technology alone is not enough. Got it. You know, I, I think that's the challenge too. Right now we've got, I mean, marketing automation, right? I'm writing a book on automation. and But you can lose yourself in that, right? You can forget all the ones and zeros on that ROI report are actually people. Okay, so you're the left brain, say, and I'm the right brain. You're, you know, automation to me. Does that mean I'm like the happy one or I'm the, the logical one? Which one? You're the lo- you are logical. Okay. I'm the, I'm the happy one. I'm out, I'm out there. <laughs> out there in space. I want, I want your side. <laughs> if they do say my side is the fun side, but, but honestly, my side sometimes is difficult to prove because right brain is creative, left brain is analytical. So the automation that's left. I need you. I need the left side because yeah. I'm over there on the right. And that's the human side, the more in touch with the human element, those human systems that I was saying Patrick Lencioni refers to in his book, which again, right. had nothing to do with social media and marketing, but I borrow that to, to say that the human element in pretty much everything we do is so critical. True. And I like you brought up the brain too, thinking about the brain, the two sides of that, the creative side and that logical, or I think automation side, you need both, right? So just like our brains need both sides, we need both sides in marketing. Absolutely. Not even a question. And, yeah. and, and I see it with email marketing. I see it absolutely in social. Um, it's, it's, it's how people learn, how people act. And again, not just the tools alone. We, we need to make sure that people understand how they're using them and know their audience too. Be in touch with their audience. So fix this problem for us. How, what, how, where do you start? Is there a magic uh, word that just kind of... No, you really are uh, re- re-engineering here, mm. um, which is great, which is great. How do we start? I think you need a variety of people on, on your team. And, and I think it's a, it's a science and it's a psychology to, what kind of people? What kind of people do you need on team? You need young and old alike. You need, okay. uh, you know, you need good account people. Those are more the business type people. And you need good creative people, good strategy people, planning people. So it, it's, a, it's a variety, an array of people. And the leader who has to, you know, be almost a project manager, if he or she doesn't have project managers in place, to keep things on schedule. So right. again, I'm trying to simplify it, you know, to answer your question. It's not that easy. Uh, otherwise, there'd be uh, a lot of companies not going out of business, like, right. like there are companies going out of business left and right every day. What about, you know, when we think about social, because obviously you know, your social game is, is legit. People just need to follow you. We, we put this at the end, but what, what is your LinkedIn? Just tell people like, where to go to because people just need to punch this in their computers now and just start following you to see this game. 
Um, just type in your name in LinkedIn. Is that the best? Yeah, place? absolutely. LinkedIn.com, uh, Bob Cargill. Yep, C-A-R-G-I-L-L. B-O-B-C-A-R-G-I-L-L. And I'm on Instagram. And I have a new blog. My, it's my old blog that's being reskinned, redesigned. Okay. Now under the URL, thebobcargill.com. Could you share with people what you do? Uh, on there because I see videos, I see you walking, and I see subtitles flying in there of what you're saying. If I even if I don't click on the video, I'm seeing things happening. You're you're walking, you're talking, you're being a thought leader on that platform, on many other platforms. Do you have an approach that you take for that? You just start winging it one day, or how how, how do you what do you do in your mind to sort of get in that zone? I I try to do it, Casey. Great question. I try to do it as though I don't have a, an approach, if you will. Huh. Remember, I'm, I'm that right brain guy. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is in my brain, meaning I don't over plan. Okay. I don't over uh, obsess over my process, but I do have a process. So yes, I do a, a lot of videos. I, I have several hundred videos on YouTube and, and, and I put them there first, archive them and then distribute them all across social. Um, but I write my mini scripts, if you will. They, they could be one or two pages in length. And I just read it over my head a few times. And then I go find a very cool, usually outdoor setting, if you will. Yeah. But I sometimes do them right here in my home office. And most of them, I'd say 90% of them, I am doing without looking at my script. I will admit occasionally and, and, and not often, I've had, say, my wife filming me, and she'll hold the script so that I can refer to it. But most sure. of them are all in my head, so it sounds and it really is extemporaneous, but based on a thought. And the thought usually ties back to a story, too. So I try to start all my short videos with a, with a story and then tie it into a lesson or a strong opinion I have about marketing or social media. Although on the side, I also do a lot of motivational videos. Got it. You know, one of the things I just got from that just now was you start with a thought, you have a story that comes with that, and then you, you end with a lesson from the whole experience. And, and so you're writing out a mini script in advance, so you have a sense of the words. Are you going through it a couple times before you then do it live? Yeah, I don't do any rehearsal really, no. no? Um, no. But there might be multiple takes. The, yeah. So, so literally, I always have two or three scripts. So, exactly how I do it, I use. Um, I think it's Keep the app. Hmm. Um, I, I have a Pixel Two phone. Um, I think it's a Google app, Keep, and I dictate it into my phone when I have the thought. And and literally, I could be running. I could be in the car to stop sign. Uh, red lights. Stop sign wouldn't be long enough. <laughs> Driving <laughs> on the highway, eight miles an hour. Just no, no. I, although I won't say I haven't tried that, but <laughs> I've tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, no, so I dictate it and then I print it out and then I do go over it a few times, but I can literally do this in a day, meaning uh, I could have this morning written one out and could have plans. I don't to do one of these at 4.30 today. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And I do this a couple times a week. Those uh, videos I then usually turn into podcasts as well. And right. then you mentioned you've seen my blog. I put them up on the blog. I repurpose them. And I will often use, if I have nice lines that I think are, are good takeaways, I'll create graphics out of them. So I'll put a little quote. I might put my, my headshot in that quote. And, and again, repurpose it on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. 
repurposing content. That's content marketing. So yeah, content marketing is different than social media, but, but using social media, yeah, it all, yeah, it's a big integrated, uh, mashup, if you will. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that how what my Cargill creative does. You do this for other people. Or? I do. So, so, yeah. so about two years ago, I left my full-time job. I had been director of social media at a great agency in, in Austin, Massachusetts. You're like, peace. And you're like bounced out or kind of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, nice. I, 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 I left to, to do my own thing, to contract, to freelance and to, I, I will say resurrect Cargill Creative. So Cargill Creative, I had back in the the nineties. Uh, remember, we we go way back. So uh, ninety way to ninety seven, I had Cargill Creative, and that's when all I did was direct mail. I mean, that was pretty much pre-internet. Um, so Cargill Creative's kind of been my side gig all along, in between jobs or or moonlighting. And like I said, two years ago or so, I said I'm going to give it a shot again. So yes, I do. I do, what I do on my own is pretty much parallel to what I do for clients. And I cool. try to practice what I cre- preach and I try, if it's something I haven't done before, there's a lot that I've done for a million years, like sure. copywriting and, and direct mail and email, but this experimental kind of thing like video or, or live video that yeah. sometimes can be very experimental or podcasting. I do it on my own first. And then, yeah, ideally a client, cool. a prospective client sees it and they say, Hey, can you do that for us, Bob? Yeah. I mean, I was watching your stuff. I could, I was instantly thinking that like, wow, this isn't like kind of good. This is really good. Really kind of you to I, say. I, mean, I don't want to keep complimenting because it sounds like an infomercial, but I was just really impressed. And um, yeah. So here's a question for you then. Um, it, let's say you have someone who's new to social, at least in a business setting. Let's say, for instance, they've never used Twitter before, right? Maybe they've used mm-hmm. Instagram and you're like, hey, go get Twitter because business and connections. Would you have like, say, top three things you'd recommend, you know, when they're thinking about getting into their, they're kind of their B2B networking social. Yes. What do you recommend? So fantastic, fantastic question. And I do get hired to, to do this, what you're yeah. asking, meaning okay. I've, since being on my own the last couple of years, and, and this is what I did when I worked at agencies, I helped with planning, I helped with strategy. So, so here I am talking about video and, and the creative right yeah. side of what I do, but I also do take a step back and do obviously connect left with right brain, and I do have a left side of my brain as well. <laughs> like you, just maybe not as, as, as heavy on the left as you, I'm more heavy on the right. But anyways, I combine both sides of the brain to create a strategy and a plan. Sure. Because because I'm not going to say everyone should jump on Twitter or everyone should be doing YouTube videos. We we need to look at where right. their audience is and and do a competitive analysis and and how is the the competition using social. Um, and and then I recommend what I usually do get hired to do is is exactly what you said. Should I be on Twitter, Bob, or is Instagram where I should be, or or Facebook, etc. And maybe it's a combination of, of all of the above. So, so competitive analysis, um, audience research, and, and then, if you will, dabble on some of these different social media channels to see where things stick, to see where there's okay. engagement. It's and a lightweight that, test, right? That way you're not betting the farm on one channel or another, but you're, you're testing out different ones. Test and learn. Yeah. And it's an iterative process, and that could include, so yeah, I often have to teach how to use these tools. 
sometimes I do that for them, meaning I can be the, the uh, virtual assistant, if you will, behind the scenes, actually being their quote face, you know, doing the tweeting, um, even helping with the videos, you know, usually the guy behind the camera, yeah. not, not in front of the camera for them, although I could do that for them. So it's, it's where, you know, fish where the fish are. And, and, and so I help them find out where the fish are, then teach them to use those tools. So, so there's your technology right. and, and, and I'm the human element and they're the human element. So they have right. to make sure they have people in place and that they have the time to make the commitment to use these tools appropriately. So speaking of appropriately, then let's say that person's brand new to Twitter. You've done the audience analysis. It's the right place to be. Best practices, you know, if you like top three, you know, things to either do or don't do on Twitter, what's your, what's your take? Sure. Uh, number one, you know, and this, I wasn't prepared for this question. So this, That's I, right. I could answer this differently on, on different occasions, but, but no I would say um, off the top of my head, you know, don't be too promotional or, or don't even be promotional at all. Be, be personable, not promotional um, most of the time. So I'm not saying you don't want to. The bottom line is we all are selling something. We right. all want leads. We all want customers. Uh, in business, you wouldn't be on social media otherwise. You're not there just yep. to, to, to chat and, and have fun. But ironically, chatting and having fun does lead to relationships. Relationships lead to sales. So, so I would say a very small percentage, you know, 20, 30% of your content should be promotional. The other percent should be educational, informative, entertaining, even. So, right. so number one rule: be be personable, not promotional. Um, Love that. You ask for three, I can give you yeah. three. Listen and learn. So, again, I talked to you about the competitive analysis. You want to go out there, see what your competitors are doing, see where your customers are, and start just watching what they're talking about. Yes. And, and then you jump into the conversation and, and you need to be prepared for them to all of a sudden engage with you. And how do you respond? Are you prepared to respond in a timely fashion? Are you prepared right. to do, you, do you know how to operate on these channels? And, and that's where a lot of the teaching that I do comes into play so that they eventually can handle this on their own because socials, unlike pretty much any other marketing medium in that it, it can be real time. It can be 24 seven. It can be weekends. It can be nights. So they have to be prepared for that. You're right. It's not just a, you know, business hours type activity. Not at all. Casey, when I, I have written uh, many, many hundreds of blog posts. One of the, the earliest blog posts I wrote back in the day was just what you, you said or, or something to that effect that, that um, there's no rest for the, for the wary on social, that right. you know, it adds hours to your day and you have to be prepared for that. And I literally have had clients where some of the bulk of the engagement comes at night or on the weekends. So Interesting. I, yeah, and it, it can be, you know, it's not for everybody social. I mean, and that's why, frankly, a lot of companies don't do it or can't do it well because yeah. they, they, it's hard for them to operate without having control. And on social, you have to be a little bit 
comfortable with not having control with with you know being more conversational right a little um, more vulnerable right i mean i, I even hear vulnerability doesn't mean weak it actually means strong because you're able to put yourself out there like you casey i mean i'm very serious when I, <laughs> no you, you are yourself and and yeah. you put yourself out there and you you're, totally. you're a perfect example i mean of someone that gets social you're you're personable you're you're you know who you are sure casual you're informal and you're a great businessman and and that's what it takes it takes you know someone who's willing again to put the face on the brand and right. not, not all businesses are true true but you know people want to buy from people they like you know there you so, go dale dale carnegie how to win friends and influence absolutely people. man absolutely he he rode his horse to school and read books along the way see now there's texting and driving but <laughs> But I it's like probably just as dangerous, right? Your horse is like, oh, look, it's a, it's a mare over there. Let me go over there and check out, you know, whoa, back over here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, thank you for that compliment. You know, oh, I was kind of adopting you as my, my um, social media spirit animal just now as you were describing some of the things that, you know, pre approaches to this. So I got, you know, be personable, not promotional, you know, most of the time, listen and learn. If I had to, poke the bear and look for a third thing you recommend doing or not doing, you know, on social, any, any ideas? What you yeah. Yeah. People. Um, visual content. So, uh, so I'm a writer and it's hard for me to, or let's say it was when, when I first totally adopted this, this stance, but visual content is probably more important than the written content that you put out there. Um, and a lot of people don't get that either and, and aren't capable. But the the pictures you share mm. and now obviously the video, which is you know one reason I do all this video. And right. it's it's the big it's way so so visual content would be that that answer in a nutshell. Yeah. But it's why so many people are into video, why videos on every top ten list or top three list of, of what's hot yep. in social. But it, again, there's so many um um you know the the where people will gain the greatest traction in social is ironically where they have the biggest fear um because video you know a lot of people think they can write it's easy to quote hide behind words and and i don't mean in a bad way but for better or worse hide behind words pictures that's the next step oh my mm -hmm. picture is out there online right. video good luck meaning <laughs> tell you how many executives how many people are afraid to do what you and i are doing oh yeah because you can mess up. You know probably better than I do, meaning getting guests on your show. A lot of people are afraid to, you know, get put up there on YouTube for till perpetuity. So, yeah. But that's where they're going to gain the most traction. So true. Yeah, so true. How did you make that conversion? Uh, you're, you, you're a writer, and, and not only do you have videos, but your videos have these, like, bouncy subtitles telling people what's being said. Your videos are really good so how did you go from being the writer the word focused person i mean somehow you must have discovered that the visuals were playing you know we're getting that much more attention and then you know was it tough to make that transition to start doing more of that or you're Tell asking fantastic questions casey you cool. 
No, seriously, you're, you, you really are steering this conversation was, yeah. in a great way. <laughs> um, I appreciate the question. Um, sure. in why, it's extremely insightful, and I don't know how much you know about my, my background going way back, but, but I wanted to go into broadcasting before okay. marketing, and, and I got a master's degree in, in television, believe it or not. And I, don't, I doubt there's that many of, of programs wow. that when I took at Brooklyn College way, way back. Now, did you do that because you thought I could go to college and watch TV all day? Was that? Yeah, I've heard that joke before. Ah, oh, but um, no fair, no fair. That would have been nice if I could have yeah. made a living just watching TV, drinking um, beers, watching TV. Yeah, what could be better? Um, no, I wanted to be the guy making TV and Got it. and or on the radio. Yeah, and that's where I thought I was going. But I had the writing chops. I had done so much freelance writing. For newspapers and 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 so I got my first job as a copywriter at RCA Direct Marketing, and and the rest is history. But so here's here's I'm going to uh, tie the, the the bow on on your question. Yeah. Um. I absolutely believe why I love social media and gravitated towards it so naturally is it's tying together my interest in in multimedia. You know, videos, pictures. I also you know love photography. I had. You know, 35 millimeter camera way back in the day, learned to use a darkroom. So I love combining my, my natural, if you will, talent for writing and, and I believe totally in the written word and, and that kind of communication with, with, you know, visual content right. and multimedia. And now everybody can be a broadcaster. And, mm. and frankly, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what you do with your podcast. True. And that's what I'm telling clients hello clients because in and in, in companies and brands if you don't be a broadcaster in this day and age you're going to be left behind and and to me that's social media broadcasting it's you know everybody should have a podcast every brand every one serious about business should have a podcast some videos social media presence and then talk to you seriously casey for, yeah. for all that other stuff where the rubber meets the road i totally understand you know the marketing and automation the email marketing mm -hmm. you know conversions to sales we gotta get people's attention right we, we're not doing that with cold calls anymore we're doing it with thought leadership and your videos and your you know the blog posts those that's how you get the initial attention and then you know marketing automation is great for them capturing those people yes. to, to nurture them but you're right you got to originally get them and it's not through buying the list anymore so it's I'm, a, I'm top of the game. funnel i'm i'm up here top of the you, funnel you, you own the top of the funnel you yeah absolutely I'm, I'm waving to them um bringing them into the tent yep um it it's what you know i believe you know great communications has to do first yeah. i mean you have to you know, especially in this day and age. I mean, it's insane how much, you know, uh, competition there is for, for eyeballs and, and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, share a voice and, and all of that. I mean, we, we have to compete daily and, and multiple times a day. Uh, it has to be quality content, but we need to be very frequent in what we put out there. And I try to tell um, brands and, and, and businesses uh, that. That you know, sure. You now you're on Twitter. Now you're on social media. It's not just once a week. It's not just uh, you know a video once every few months. No, man. It's 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 an extension of your daily uh, business conduct. Really? So it's like a, is it like a daily practice these days? I believe very much so. Wow. <laughs> For me, it is, and that's what I tell clients. I believe you absolutely. So also, what I do, I I do this planning and strategy, and I help a client with their workflow. And I have a little 
diagram, a flow chart that I customize for a client. And it's basically their homework. It's this is what you and or your team is a lot of these executives who hire me will say, oh, I don't have that time. Well, then right. somebody on your team has to have that time. Has to have that time. And yeah. it's jumping on Twitter. It's jumping on LinkedIn. It's, it's putting some pictures up on Instagram. It's using the right hashtags. It's that listening and learning. So right. yes, it's a daily thing. Interesting. Because I know we were trying to get away with the weekly thing for a while. Because like, yeah. you were talking to people who weren't doing any. So you were saying, I know. Right. You're not doing any. So you know, get, get weekly. Because people were trying to do like go to the gym you know, for 24 hours instead of once a day for several days. They were trying to just be, like you, there's some things you can't binge. You can't binge learn calculus the night before the final, your freshman year. That doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know who's tried that, but I can guarantee you that doesn't work. It also doesn't work to try to go to the gym for 24 hours to make up for, say, Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> it needs to be consistent. You're talking about frequency and consistency and, you know, blogging, the social game, thought leadership. Uh, I'm hearing from you that 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 weekly game is now, you know, to really be competitive, you know, and be top of mind for people. It's got to be more frequent. I, I hate to tell you, it's exactly how you just described it. And, and I am a firm believer in that. And right. if you look at some of the most successful brands or, or professionals, they are omnipresent mm -hmm. in, in they're, they're daily and frequently on a daily basis. And, and, um, you know, our, uh, you know, our commander in chief, if you will, is an example. I don't necessarily like what he says. Yeah. Politics but, but aside, right? <laughs> politics aside, yeah. he knows how to use Twitter. Yeah. And, and we, you know, whether we like what he says or not, and, and I don't, I'll, I'll betray my politics. I don't like what he says, but, but I like the fact that he's using Twitter and, and she's yep. a 72 year old man. Um, you know, it, it, can it, figure it out. Yeah, anybody yeah. can. So don't say social media is just a millennial thing either. It's not just for digital natives. This is the connected, uh, you know, we're, we're all connected now. We all have, um, you know, these guys in, in our hands at our disposal, you know, walk down any main street and, or, or you know, anywhere. And all you're going to see is everybody looking at their phones. Um, <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah, for better. I'm not saying a, it's a good, good thing, but it is yeah. the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, pick up the Thor's hammer again if you still have it. I mean, Boom. Gosh, I mean it's, <laughs> right, it's not just this millennial game, or I mean, it depends on how old you feel, too. I mean, feel I feel like 19, sometimes I feel 13, but you and I, I think, are in the you know, <laughs> same age, <laughs> yeah, you know, but but it, you know, you're right. If the president can figure it out, if other you know, even oh. if the senators who were asking you know, Facebook questions that were ridiculous can figure it out, then everyone else can too. Politicians are, I tell my clients, perfect to, to monitor and watch and use as examples because, frankly, and again, a lot of them aren't, you know, not necessarily, um, yeah. they're not at all millennials. Not many of them are at all. A lot of them are, you know, a lot of our leaders are, are, are you know, in the or yeah. Yet, yet they're using <laughs> social media and that's how they're communicating. Yeah. So it's either them or, or their staff. They got smart staff, but communication's so key to getting elected. So isn't that yeah. very similar to branding and, and businesses and sales? A vote is a sale. Um, right. You know what I mean? So, so watch how they do it 
watch the 2020 elections and, and you know, watch what a, it's going to be a circus, but it's also going to be a learning experience. There'll be movies and documentaries and books just like there has been already written right. about, about Trump, how he's going to be crazy. It's going to be insane. Oh man. Movie. <laughs> be, uh, and I will love every minute of it. Will you? Are you kind of a politics guy? Man, I, I, I try yeah. to run away from that stuff. No, I, I am actually, but again, I also like it for the, the debates. Sure. The, the social media part of it. The, kind the of pick it apart and understand what's happening. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff too. I mean, that's an f- example of putting a face on your brand and people right. do vote I hate to say it and i wish it wasn't this case but they vote based on personality and mm-hmm. communications not necessarily they're not down in the weeds necessarily understanding the whole platform that's how it is for businesses and brands they often will buy based on personality likability availability after i have the something called the three a's it's a story if you don't mind if i digress yeah, three a's um, three a's so it's something i hadn't heard of um till like about 15 years ago i was watching my son's little league game it is a story i've told before but real short watching my not son- on this show you haven't no i haven't exactly <laughs> watching my son's little league game me and a neighbor our kids are playing and he's a pediatrician and he's telling me about his job and he says oh yeah it's the three a's i gotta hope i remember the three a's it's it's affability availability oh i'm forgetting and 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 affability availability um What's the other one? <laughs> Three A. Already maybe like Googleable. Googleable. But but um, the idea of being available all the time. That oh, was- I found it. Three A's of medicine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Save me. No, um, availability, probably- affability, and ability. There you go. Thank you. You bailed me out. So ability, obviously, you have to know what you're doing. This is what he yeah. told me about how he does his job. Obviously, okay. we have to know what we're doing. Yep. But then we have to have, we have to be affable, meaning have a great, great personality. Yep. And then we have to be available. That's perfect for social media. The three A's of social media, ability, affability, availability. And that's politicians. It's 24 seven thing, you know, where they get all that energy that needs to be businesses and brands nowadays. That huh. needs to be thought leaders. That needs to be salespeople. It's not nine to five anymore. You know, and that's why retail, I know I'm going no, I love it. This, this is, is so, why retail so is struggling. This yeah. is why retail is failing. And well, how, how so? Stores closed when people most want to shop. Do you know what I mean? We're all working during the day. Oh, you're and, right. And, and now we're, a lot of us are working into the. Well, closes at eight thirty or nine. I mean? I mean, I'm generalizing, but yeah, they're not I, always yeah. open. Or when you need help, they're not always. I mean, again, I could tell you stories, you know, think about it. You go to the store and they don't have the product you wanted to buy. You, you spent all that time to drive there. Well, they don't know about the product right. on their own shelves. So I just covered the ability, the availability, or the customer service sucks. So yeah. they're not, you know, friendly. They're not affable. Like so, Walmart, right? Great prices, great availability. Why are people going but, online? They don't have to yeah. deal with the human element, so there's none of the affability comes into play. Right. Products are almost always available, and, and this is plenty of information about the products. Plus, it's fast. I didn't, there's no, I didn't, this should be a fourth day for fastability. Fastability, but it's good being with an A. I'm trying to think of a oh. word that means speed, but speedy. Yeah, you, you're good at looking things up, but we don't have to do that now. But, but yeah, obviously, so. The three A's is critical in, yeah. in business. And if you don't have that in this day and age, 
you know, forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. So <laughs> you had this little league game, and the, and the, the doctor, that's cool to be. I got to little league games because I love to learn stuff like that at a little league game. But so, you're just saying this stuff, and you just your mind went right to, like, business and social? It's funny you looked it up. So he, he probably had borrowed it from somebody else because yeah. he, he didn't invent it, and neither did I. But right. I have paraphrased that. Sure. Uh, next, next time I have to, to rehearse that so I don't forget the third A. I think that was the ability. <laughs> but the ability is what yeah. we all got to have no matter what we do. Right. And the, frankly, you're, you're dealing with a lot of people who know what they're doing. A lot of brands, a lot of businesses, a lot of thought leaders. leaders. We're all on the same page. Right. Where we can separate ourselves, Casey, from the competition. We all have the same ability. Is that affability? in that availability. Mm -hmm. Look at Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. He's, he's everywhere. So that's yes. your availability. And his personality is is over the top. That's your so affability. Yeah, he's got those you know, hats on. He's in the cab going, hey guys, I'm in the cab. Yes. Okay, let me spend the next five minutes telling you something that's gonna blow your mind. People are like, what? That's Sorry. how you separate yourself yeah. from competition. So Perfect good. example. Perfect. Yeah. And so he's got all three then, and he's very available because he's, he, to your point, you know, it's a daily practice. You put it in your daily routine. Yeah. He's in the cab. He had a few minutes, and he's sharing with his, his flock, and he's sharing with people what he's up to, what he's, what's on his mind, right? The thoughts he's having in a cab. So not even prepared. You don't need a backdrop. Casey, you know what he says? Um, he says, document, don't create. So what he's telling people, and this is where businesses struggle, executives. I can't tell you how many of them say, I don't have time to do this. Well, I can't say I invented this expression. I don't know if he did, but this is where I learned it. He says, document, don't create. You don't even have to sit back and, and do what I do, create that little script before doing the video. Just right. do the damn video. Just yeah. do it in the moment. Yeah. People nowadays, they just want to see you and, and know that you're there. And your term, your point earlier about being vulnerable, right? Being transparent, being trustworthy. Generally, we all are good at what we do. We all have something good to offer. Right. We wouldn't be in business if we didn't. Again, where we separate from the competition is the availability and the affability. A la Gary V. <laughs> Huh. Don't, don't, I have no idea how we get to that as a No, it's all good. This, this is what I, I was going to say. This is, I mean, this is what I like to listen to in terms of podcasts. When, when I think of the, the highly edited news, I don't even watch the news anymore, but the highly edited news where it's so fake. And then, you know, I like watching news bloopers on YouTube just because it shows you the real person behind yep. the scenes. But, but I think almost nowadays, you know, you're talking about being connected in the human side. People want to see humans on the other side. And to your point, you know, document, not create. Maybe that just means, first of all, it gives you permission not to be all polished. And then second of all, it, it says just be real, you know, be real. And I think our communication, you know, whether you remember the third A or not, but now we're all going to remember the third A because we talked about it, you know, and we could edit, we could polish and all that. But I think this is way more interesting is to hearing that discovery and the, and the, the conversation is way more interesting to listen to. So what you just said, yeah, you, you absolutely got to the, the crux of this, this discussion, at least the last few minutes is, is the human side, the, the vulnerability, right. the flaw, the imperfection, 
that's where, again, ironically, we shine. That's where we stand out. So what you said about TV news, you know, the, the, the six o'clock or whatever they call it, you know, network news. I mean, I have all the respect in the world for the people who do that. And, and I occasionally watch that, but it's contrived. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're reading the script. They, they look perfect. They sound perfect. Everything's perfect. God forbid they make a mistake, you know, the, you know, earth shattering if they make a mistake versus, you know, again, what you and I are doing right now. You know, it's yeah. unrehearsed. It's unscripted. <laughs> it's, it's live. My um, guest today is Bob Cargill. <laughs> Bob, tell us how it is. <laughs> people appreciate yeah. in the moment and they right. trust in the moment. And, you know, basically all that other um, stuff is, is, is acting, you know, and, right. and it's, that's good for something. But are you going to buy from an actor? Think yeah. about it. They're acting. They're not real. That's Wouldn't you rather? Point. Yeah, we're back to social media, influences and why influences are so right. popular, because these are real people mm-hmm. who, who you might even know personally. I'd rather buy from a real person. Someone I know uses the product. Versus a friggin' actor making a million dollars just because he lends his voice. I can't stand those, you know, big box stores who, you know, have a voice where you recognize and it's a movie star. And I'm saying, really? You know, this guy is now the voice for, you know, this big freaking chain. And he's trying to tell me to go shop at that store. What was that car commercial with that? Matthew McConaughey, right? Yes, yes. The Probably great been, ads, but... What is it? I don't even remember what kind of car it is, though. <laughs> is it, I think it's Cadillac, actually. Cadillac. I drive a Cadillac. Because what else would I drive? <laughs> that was like, a bad impression. I wasn't even trying to be an impression, but... Yeah, you're right. It's like, think, you want it from a real person. And that, I think it almost lends the credibility that, you know, if someone's... If their review of a book or a product or something indicates some of the cons then you believe the pros that much more than if they're just all flowery, all about this is the best thing since sliced bread, you know? Back to personable, not promotional, meaning yeah. people more, more and more these days. And a lot of it's, it is the younger people. It's the, the savvy consumers, the informed consumers. We know better. And so we're not yeah. going to fall for the bullshit. We're not going to fall for the contrivance that previous generations did through no fault of their own, they, they didn't have the internet. I mean, right. frankly, all, you know, it's coming back to the internet too. It's, it's that we can look up anything, anytime, and, and find you know, reviews and, and find real people talking about something that we want to buy. And, and there's a book I always um, often talk about in my presentations called The Clue Train Manifesto. Hmm. And it came out in 1999, 2000, and it was all about the internet. And it was before businesses and brands were, were using the internet for, for, for e-tail and, and what have you. And it, it said people are talking about your businesses, whether you know it or not. And they're now talking about your businesses on the internet and on social media, which was soon to come, uh, you know, thanks to Mark Zuckerberg and, and, and the rest. And you better join that conversation. And ideally, you're even leading that conversation. They said that, the authors of this book, in 99, 2000, the Clue Train Manifesto. And the whole thing was you got to, the the train is leaving. And if you don't get on the train, you won't have a clue. Do you know what I mean? You'll be left behind. True. And again, that's what to this day is still happening to people and businesses. They either don't believe in social and digital 
in technology or they're Luddites. You know, they just, mm -hmm. um, they're afraid of it and they don't believe in it and, and they're going to lose. Reminds me of Blockbuster Video, you know, and, yeah. you know, that was everywhere. And then I don't know if you've heard the story, but I'm not going to tell it perfect justice, but they had a chance to buy Netflix for like a couple million like pennies to them the cost of a couple of their stores you know they and they were like nah <laughs> wow. it's almost like turning down harry potter it comes to your publisher and you're like nah <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing i did yeah. not know that that's pretty amazing yeah they had a chance to real quick digression i won yeah. a a Netflix prize once to a radio station where this is very uh, much a digression, but where I, my wife and I and our kids little when they were young, we got a free trip to Martha's Vineyard for, for one night. And, and it was a Netflix sponsored thing. And whoever the CEO, I don't know if he's still the CEO. He's pretty famous. I mean, we were literally right there on the beach for a lobster dinner. It was a Jaws themed, um, uh, wow! Night where, and we yeah. watched Jaws outdoors. It was some anniversary of the movie Jaws. But whoever that CEO is, he was like you know within feet of me, and we we got to see him. And and um, one of the sixty minutes correspondence was there too um, to interview him. It was pretty fascinating. Anyway, wow. that, that has nothing to do with. That's just, cool though. You know, I I actually I'm a big fan of Martha's Vineyard myself. And you're right. That's where they filmed Jaws. Yes. And and I used we used to go to the vineyard all the time and and uh, they did film Jaws there. My cousin, um, who is is no longer with us, uh, may he rest in peace, um, was in that movie um, right near the beginning. There was a uh, uh, parade marching up Main Street, Negatown, and he was a drummer and was in that movie for about five seconds. That that was wow. my cousin Scotty Ewing. <laughs> wow, it was in the actual movie. He was in Jaws. No kidding. No kidding. Well, you've got this really cool past. My question to you is like, who are you? Where did you come from? How did you become this like this marketing copywriting sage co converted into amazing social video rock star? You know, like take us back to, you know, the little Bob days. That's probably the hardest question, by the way, while, while you asked yeah. ask me that question, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Cool. He's, the famous guy I was just we talking got fact about. checkers people that's what we got <laughs> fact checkers um so who you know terrific question Where are you, man? if you don't mind I feel very self-indulgent here do it oh this is all about you now this is therapy <laughs> here laid on the couch tell me about the old days I loved writing as a kid and 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 always was a little creative and a little outgoing uh if you haven't uh, been able to tell <laughs> you know I'm very expressive um sure extroverted and, 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 and like to share with a lot of people. And I, I probably credit the, my beginning communications, uh, interesting communication to one of my English teachers who, who had us keep a journal, which was a, basically a daily diary. I think that was in high school. And I also wrote for the student newspaper and, and the, uh, yearbook. And, and then in college at, at UMass Amherst, I wrote for the daily collegian and loved, 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 seeing my articles in print, you know, with yeah. my name, there, the byline Definitely. and thought that was so thrilling. And again, obviously this is, you know, pre-internet days. Um, but, but print media and, and expressing myself and being able to communicate with the masses. And then I told you, I went to uh, Brooklyn college grad school to, to pursue television and thought either radio or TV would be my thing. I did a little DJing, 
um, you know, as an internship at Dean College one summer in Franklin, Massachusetts, where, where I grew up. Um, I, I had an internship at WBZ FM, which is the famous WBZ in Boston. Um, they had an FM radio station and I had an internship there. So it could have been radio, it could have been TV. Um, but because of all the freelance writing I had done, I wrote for my um, the college newspaper, my hometown newspaper. I got a job as a copywriter right out of grad school at RCA Direct Marketing. And, okay. and it was writing about music. It was the record club, uh, 13 rec- records thing you like. Tapes. You, you send in a you got it two dollars self-addressed stamped envelope and you get it wasn't cds the beginning it was like cassettes right to start we're, we're, we're talking records and tapes vinyl oh, records like even vinyl man oh gee and and who has who else has about two thousand records in their cellar uh, yeah i got about two two thousand records vinyl not knowing what to do with them. And my wow. wife and I were talking about downsizing in a few years and, and the big uh, challenge and, and could be a nightmare for me is having to let go of all my, my oh, records. Oh, man. So You'll, if anyone out there wants to buy some. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, it's interesting because it reminds me, when I was a, a kid, I'd, I'd come home <laughs> early from school. No one else is there. My parents had a stereo with you know tapes and stuff, but they had their record player on top, you know. And and I remember putting in some different different songs. And I love just being able to uh, I could turn the speed up, you know. I, I think one time I oh, turned yeah. <laughs> Christ Superstar into like the Chipmunks version, you uh-huh. know? and um, and trying you know sing along. To, but yeah, the, you know, there's some there's something cool about a record, you know that. You know, it's that tactile thing, whereas nowadays, hey, you got it in Spotify, you're good. But still, there's something neat about that physical record. So, so literally, it was either today or yesterday, this thought, because I'm, I'm serious. We are thinking of moving in the next few years, and I'm, I'm okay, trying yeah. what to do with all my records and books. I get tons of books. And, and I thought what someone like me might do is take a picture of every, if I'm going to get rid of them, of every one of them and, and yeah. digitally archive them. I'll do something on social media yeah. with all my records if I have to get rid of them because I don't want to ever lose the, the sense of still owning them because they all have memories and, and personal stories. But, but you mentioned, we were talking about the record club, what yep. that is called, so I'm going back if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Good. It's called Negative Option, Negative Option Club. So again, I talked about marketers who, who have been there, done that, and why I think they're extremely valuable in today's day and age. You get technology, you get social, but then you get somebody like me and, and many of my, my, my colleagues um, who are still around, who were, who were doing their thing back in the day. Yeah. We, we learned things like this. Negative option club was how book clubs and record clubs worked. You would get the record, or if it was a book club, the book, every month, unless you returned the postcard oh. that said, I do not want that. So you would sign up to get 13 records. I'm making this up. It was something like this, 13 records for a penny. Right. The commitment being you're going to get a record every month unless you send in and say no, the negative option club. And what they counted on, and there's probably some of this still going on in marketing, they counted on either you forgetting mm-hmm. or just being apathetic and taking it. And, and <laughs> the, the consumer got a big deal up front. Which is like two of those penny. are both – both me, right? And <laughs> both of those oh, options. It's, it's consumers in general. It's people yeah. in general, right? Human nature. So they counted on that. And again, is the negative? I don't know if the negative option is still. I think it might be. Are there, you know, the gift box things? I don't know how those work. You know, where you get the boxes each month of of things. Those might be similar. That's true. That's probably I don't know the same if they're thing. similar, yeah. but but it's it's getting 
So think of the psychology there in marketing, giving the customer a big freaking you know, bonus up front, which we all love, but then the company gets it all back and then some down mm. the road. You know, with by charging your know, retailer even you know a premium for subsequent deliveries. That was the negative option, and I learned that. That's a and so it's marketing tactics and strategies that how can you integrate in your into your your, your program now? You know, people you know who I work with, you know, they're in their twenties and thirties. They they have no idea what what I'm talking about, and right. and I'm saying, oh well, maybe this strategy will work with something, some other strategy that just came into play five years ago. Right. Right. Interesting. So, so that, that kind of exposed you to a lot of different things, you know, at that, that RCA. Well, you, did you mention them? The, the, uh, I know in an earlier conversation might've been offline, we were talking about Mad Men and yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it, it wasn't quite the sixties. I'm not that old, but <laughs> this was the early eighties. Um, Bright Lights, Big City. If you ever saw that 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 movie or read that book, uh, huh. um, Matthew J. Fox was in the movie. Oh, cool! It, in the eighties in New York, real real um, exciting times. Um, but my bosses at RCA were right out of Mad Men, which really was, uh, based on sixties advertising. Yep. My I had three mentors. I I can't remember if, if all of them I. Re- at one time reported to officially, but, but at least one or two of them, I know one of them I did, but they were the three senior guys, if you will, um, at RCA. I learned so much from these guys. They were right out of the, the show Mad Men, if you will, you know, how to cast. You still have the thin ties on or did they adjust to the latest style? Um, it might've been thin ties, you know, <laughs> that I can't remember, but I can tell you this was the day that we all wore ties to work. And oh yeah. I mean, I, for the first 10, 15 years of my career, I always wore a tie and, and, yeah. and sometimes sport coat or suit. But they were brought up in the golden you know, days of advertising. So I learned from some of the best early on. They were creative wow. directors and copywriters, you know, right out of the David Ogilvy School of Advertising, right out of Mad Men Casting Center. What kind of things did you learn? I, mean, I, I don't know if it, you're able to articulate it, but I, I'm sure being around people like that would you just sort of would, maybe we're not even realizing it. You're just sort of picking up on their strategies and how they approach things. Well, you did ask, you know, earlier, you know, where did, how did the me of today come about? I mean, yeah, yeah. these guys infused me with you know how to think creatively, strategically, mm-hmm. how to do things over and over um, until you get it right. So, okay. so, so. Um, you know, that this is back in the days, you know, I don't have to fortunately go through this too often nowadays, but where, where I would be rewriting, um, did I lose you, Casey? Oh, I'm here. Okay. I, 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 I got you. Um, this was back in the day when, when, um, I would have to go over and over things, um, and, and, and rewrite and, and, you know, red pencil days where yeah. you know, they, they were serious editors. So, Man. so, um, this, this is horrible. X, X. Try again. <laughs> yeah. So I learned, you know, conceptualizing. I learned strategy. I learned tactics. Um, I learned how to work with designers. Wow. You know, it, it was it, it was all the basics, all the fundamentals. I went to seminars. I went to conferences. You know, I had to read books. You know, this is back in the day when your boss or the company would actually buy you some textbooks. And, Interesting. And, and they'd actually take the time to teach you. Um, that which you were doing on the job. Wow. Yeah. So, so it was heady days and, and 
And, you know, at RCA, I, I, you know, wrote for the catalog. I wrote direct mail. Like I say, worked with designers. And everything we did was measured. So this Mm. is direct response advertising, direct marketing, where it wasn't just advertising and having a concept, you know, something creative and something catchy. It was, it was measured. We got response rates, we got orders, we got leads and you could have the best idea going, but if it didn't perform, it was a fail. So, so I learned at an early age in my career, you know, the importance of testing and and iterations and working things over and over until they, they performed, uh, you know, exceptionally well. I love that. And I think more marketers could use some of that. And I think, you know, I remember when I first started out on the marketing side, I had some accountability, but there are some positions out there where they're expecting marketing just to be a print shop, right? Hey, make the collateral for me, or you do that weird stuff where you spend money, you know, and then sales does all the important stuff. But to be in a place where even in marketing, you're held accountable like a sales rep, you know, did your, did your content work or not? We A-B tested, did it improve our, our results or not? And I, I like that you mentioned, you know, I mean, politics is one thing, but if the idea doesn't work, it's out, you know, let's test. Mm-hmm. This is direct response. Let's make sure it actually has some results. That's really cool yeah, that you were able to be in that environment early, probably helped make that status quo for you. That's normal. Like, so if you get around people who aren't being held accountable, you're like, this is weird. <laughs> it's not easy for me to be honest. Yeah. With you. you know, so in my head, you know, I'm constantly having to battle with, okay, been there, done that, know how this should be done, but I'm in an environment or dealing with people who either have no clue or just insist on doing it this way. So right. it, it often, frankly, you know, isn't easy being a veteran in the business because yeah, you feel in many cases, you um, know how it should be done and, and believe that you could do it better. But sometimes, yeah, you do have to conform and to some degree, I always speak up if I think something's not going to work and, and try to um, convince whomever, you know, that I might have a better way. Um, but I also am always open to doing it a different way if it's going to be sure. just successful or, or maybe more successful. Can I say something you made me think? Um, yeah. When um, I think you mentioned politicians again or, or politics, and, and I was thinking polling, you know, this is why, well, we talked about testing and learning. And, yep. and so I was thinking politicians. They do polls constantly, mm. um, and they do polls in order to see how their constituents are thinking. And then they, so that's the testing, and then that, that's why they flip-flop. That's why they change their stance occasionally, and, and that's them testing and learning, polling. So right. businesses and brands, and this is where social can come in. It's not literally polling, but it's always being in touch with what your audience is thinking and saying and doing and feeling. So then you can be right there with them, lockstep, and, and changing your products and services accordingly so that you're always going to have great appeal. You need right. to be polling, and I don't necessarily mean that literally, but you need to be right there with, with your, your audience, the people who, whose attention you cover. Right, polling your audience like the politicians are doing, whether that's an actual poll or a, you know, whatever the method or the medium you're using, yes, that feedback, continuous feedback from your buyers is so important. Love, love this. So, yeah. so, so what you just said, the word feedback, I don't think we've used that yet in this conversation that, you know, direct marketing with, in which the industry in which I, I was brought up in, 
Um, direct marketing is, is a feedback loop. It's always, mm -hmm. so advertising is just putting something out there. Direct marketing is putting something out there and asking for a response. Right. And that response could be yes or no. Um, <laughs> or it could be maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm interested. Um, and you want the yes, but you learn from that and you adjust accordingly. So that feedback is the feedback loop. And that is embedded in good direct marketing. And I don't think a lot of social media people realize how similar social media is to direct marketing because you literally do have that constant feedback loop. And you should be conversing with your audience, learning and adjusting course and, and redirecting based on what you learn. Yes. Adjusting your social game. I think I was thinking of it one dimensional where it's like do social right. But to your point, seeing what posts and seeing what gets the engagement there's there's nothing wrong in fact it's that's what we do in marketing we optimize and so don't just stick to the plan but you know ebb and flow and go back and look what posts got the most engagement which, which yes. images and videos got the people commenting on them and which ones didn't and change casey that is is so right on so if I go back early in my career, you know, it was direct mail and, 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 and print and, and then the web and, and now social. The, the, what all of that has in common is that testing and learning. Right. And today we can learn even more. You just mentioned likes, shares, comments. You know, that's sentiment. We can sentiment. measure sentiment, not just clicks yes. through to our website, not just the yeses and nos, but the maybes, you know. Is it good what they are saying about us? Is it bad what they are saying about us? Right. Um, and then we can pick up actual, you know, I've done this for clients. We, we do screenshots and, and, and aggregate exactly what they're saying about our product or service. You know, that's what, you know, again, our president uh, and, and any senior executive and any brand should be doing daily. True. They should be watching. And that's what I'm sure his people do. Watch. The reaction. So a lot of people huh. might say, oh, I hate what he said. Yeah. I don't like it. But little do we know, they might be seeing that the majority of people like what he's saying. Right. And that's, why, that's he why he's doing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, big brands, you know, people who are winning. Again, I'm not saying, you know, politics aside, but. Hashtag but winning. Most, most, yeah, I remember that. Uh, who was that? That was. Um, uh, Tiger Blood. What was that, right? Um, yeah, I just can't remember his name. Sheen? Yeah. Charlie Sheen? There you go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Winning. Well, Winning. that's what it's all about in business. And, and right. most successful business people, and look, he, that, that president was a successful business person, if you yep. like him or not, um, they know how to measure their constituents' sentiment. And they know how to change accordingly what they say, what they do. They, at least they all should if they want to keep right. winning, if they right. want to keep hashtag winning. You know, that's what we can learn from this, this guy. And that's what we can learn from some of the businesses and brands that are getting it, that are, that are doing right. it right. You know, here's a sentiment story that I hope gets through to the people that made, you remember the recent Super Bowl, right? Go Pats. Yes, yes, <laughs> Everyone course, turns yeah. off the episode. That's okay. You watch the first part, but yeah, go Patriots, Tom Brady, goat, greatest of all time. Anyways. So there were commercials and people tune in for those things. I don't know if you remember the Olay commercial. There was an Olay commercial. I don't remember what happened. All I know is it was scary. It was like these scary people in the bedroom and everything. And I have my kids there, right? 
And a couple of people put this on Facebook too. They're like, freaking Olay, thanks for making it not yeah. possible for my kids to even be in the room while watching the Super Bowl. Oh, I man. To, like, mute, I muted it, but other people had to like do something else. I'm like, so I tweeted, I'm like, essentially like, you suck or something. Like, thanks for being like, please pick up on my sentiment and hopefully there's enough sentiment. Yes. yes. This blows and they're not just like, oh, well, people are talking about us. It's like, talking about you in a negative way and hopefully you're not just trying to get that but it was just kind of like it ticked me off so i i hope they pick up on this you well know? Th that is the benefit of social so they they miscalculated it sounds like i i honestly either didn't see it or can't remember yeah, the commercial but early you, on you're describing it perfectly um yes thanks to social media you know versus 15 20 years ago at least they can learn from that hopefully yeah. But, but what I would Fire say- Fire the agency that made that- Yes, exactly. That. And, and see, that's me <laughs> and my brethren against those advertising agencies making all that money on those Super Bowl commercials when, you know, you were talking millions of dollars, literally, when they should have done a little more homework, maybe yeah. on social and tested these spots. And, oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Or use that money just on social, you know. It, so, you know, was it worth it to them? I don't know. Well, we're talking about the commercial, so we're I don't talking know. talking about it, but... <laughs> but are we buying the product? <laughs> I, I guess we're not their buyer, but if I'm a little worried about this, my wife would be freaking out about... I mean, she's not happy with some of the cartoons they have these days, so she would not be happy yep. about that old yep. commercial. No, not good. But, um, but yeah, to your point, you know, maybe that Super Bowl is kind of like trying to get 24 hours in the gym instead of getting it every week, you know? It's, it's it really is the opposite of what I'm, I'm doing nowadays yeah. with, with social media and, and where I think most uh, brands and businesses are going. Sure, Super Bowl commercial, I, again, I have no experience at all with, you know, being involved with any of that. So sure. I can't tell you how much bang for the buck they get, but, but I know that most of us in social media think think it's 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 foolhardy to be, yeah. be spending that kind of money um but i think the brands that do spend that kind of money just have money to to burn they so have they, money to spend <laughs> i really do i mean you know Pepsi, but, hello yeah Argyle creative and cheshire impact <laughs> are ready to help you out <laughs> yeah i think how of, of a <laughs> fraction of the percent of what you spent for the super bowl think about it <laughs> call me <laughs> we're available <laughs> yeah. hello we're affable we're available and we have the ability the ability the three a's absolutely well, hey, man, yeah. i wanted to you know give you a chance yeah i heard you you just mentioned you had started doing your own podcast and i've had a blast listening to you so i'm really interested in hearing what are you talking about on it you know is it is it just you i think it is in most Bob cases. Monologues it, or tell me it about is. it. it, it it's, it's, I, I should learn from all my marketing that it, it needs to be more about my, my audience. But, but, but at the same time, I'm just joking, self-deprecating yeah. humor there. It is about my audience in that I'm trying to tell stories and, and impart wisdom and lessons that I think will benefit my audience. It, it is mostly, so it's a little different than a lot of podcasts. It's mostly one, two, well, probably on average two minutes uh, to three minutes wow. uh, snippets that are marketing lessons, very similar to the videos I do, which I also turn into blog posts. Um, it's doing remarkably in my mind. Well, thanks to Podbean. Podbean's a great platform. They mm -hmm. have um, very lucky. They they've been promoting. Um, I did ask. It was last spring. There was some 
somewhere I saw that, that you could apply to be promoted. And I, I did. And, and I missed that but, memo. <laughs> no, you gotta, you gotta look for it. I will. Casey, Cause I'm telling you, they put me, it, it's frequently, I'll see my, my podcast listed up there with wow. much bigger ones. And I'm building a really nice audience, um, over 50 episodes. I do have some interviews and I want to do more interviews. Um, you know, I've, I've interviewed a few people, three, four five different people, you know, 15, yeah. 20 minute conversations, nothing like, you know, this over an hour long conversation I'm having with you. This is the direction like what you're doing that I want to go with my mm-hmm. podcast. If we go, you know, to podcasts in general, great content, something I just started last year. I highly recommend, you know, to all my clients, you know, it's another way of reaching your audience. It, it shows your, your vulnerability. It shows your personality. Yeah. So there's your affability, your availability and, and your ability. I mean, you really can't fake it, you know, on social media. And the more you that you share, the harder it is to fake. So, so yeah, you take sure. a chance, but it's where the rubber meets the road. I mean, that's where you're going to gain, um, I think, the most business. So, so yeah. Tweets. You can fake the tweets and the shares, but once yeah. you start getting on video, mm. you know, I, I once heard a presentation from, uh, it was one of the Drift conferences. And um, who was it? It was a kind of a controversial presentation, but basically it's a sales trainer and he, he was, oh, it was, it was Grant. It was a, it's a whole nother story to that one. But it, essentially you had a sales trainer and he got to this marketing conference and then uh, the presentation, first of all, it ticked a whole bunch of people off because he got super inappropriate and all these crazy things. Um, but more importantly was what I was listening to. It's almost like someone in the wings had told him, Hey, you're talking to marketers today. Talk about your email list. Talk about AB testing and then talk about, um, like open rates or something like they gave him three words. And there was this guy who's in a different realm, just talking about these three words. And like, you could tell didn't quite know what those words maybe meant. Ah, yeah. You know, it's like inconceivable. I don't think you know what that really means. You know, so um, to your point, the more the more of the media you get, the more vulnerable you are. But then the more people can realize you know what the hell you're talking about or not. I rather do business, and I, I think this is 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 in tandem with how uh, the younger generation, you know, which which you know is going to predominate uh, business uh, very soon. Um, I rather do business with someone I know and, and trust, and 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 that's because I believe there are a number of options and choices I, I have. Just like when you fly, um, you know, they always say we realize you have a number of choices, so say, thank you for selecting us to fly today. You know, yeah. there's plenty of options. So I'm going to go with the the most friendly, the most trust, most trustworthy uh, organization, and I think that's how people buy nowadays. I certainly from my days in the ad business doing a lot of presentations. I, I'm not a closer, but I'm a setup guy, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I help companies make the connection and, and try to impress potential clients. And then the sales person comes in and, and makes the deal. Um, we need to be likable. We need to be charismatic right. and, 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 and vulnerable in that they got to get to know us. And I think that's where you uh, separate yourselves from the competition. If you can, um, you know, again, top of the funnel, get, let people get to know you better. and and you know, save, you know, cut to the chase, save, save the, any of the smoke and mirrors. um, Say what you mean, mean what you say. Yeah. Love that. Absolutely. I didn't make that up. I feel like I I learned (laughs) in Catholic school or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's one of those fundamentals that, that only seasoned professionals like you and I would know. 
<laughs> right, right. Totally, totally. <clears throat> yeah, this has been great. So uh, what's the show called, the podcast? Oh, yes. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's called, uh, very straightforward, Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. I like it. Yes, and, and it's on Podbean, but it's also everywhere um, where you can listen to podcasts. So um, where would that be? <laughs> iTunes, Google Play, I Google. Um, yeah. Spotify. I, 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 I admit, I even when I run, I listen to Spotify often. Me too. I'll even listen to my own podcast. <laughs> Me too. You know, it's See, actually it sounds. Yeah. yeah. You know, not only that, but I find that I learn mm-hmm. all over again. Well, especially because you are interviewing other people, sure, um, and and I can see what you mean. And and um, now I'm going to be listening to your podcast. A hey, lot. now that now we've got two listeners, <laughs> my dad and you, awesome. <laughs> That's funny. And some other people, but uh, yeah, yes. absolutely. That's really cool. Well, yeah, this has been fun. Uh, one other thing that I want to ask you about: you're doing, you're a kind of a runaholic here, and. I think you're doing the marathon this year. Is that right? You got it. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, on April fifteenth. Uh, what what is that? Uh, almost almost exactly two two months. Uh, That's coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'll be running Boston, the Boston Marathon. Oh, It'll crap. be my twelfth uh, time running Boston for charity. My my fifteenth wow. Boston overall. And yeah, I'm training. I run almost every day. And on weekends, I run usually you know a double digit uh, long run. You know, ten plus to to train. This Sunday, I'm running a two races. This is unusual. It's back to back a 5K, then a 10 mile race. They call it the badass combo, and that's in Foxborough. <laughs> it's a 5K followed by a 5K, 10- 5K, yes, and then like a 20 minute break, and then you run 10 miles. It's, it's pretty insane. Sounds kind of cool. I'm, I, it, it's very cool. We get a nice medal and you know, some swag afterwards, and, and I'll feel great afterwards, but but I'll also be wicked tired. Uh, I wouldn't want to be doing an hour and a half long podcast that, that afternoon. I'll be- yeah, right? It'd be, different kind of, it'd be a very mellow podcast. Yeah, it would be entirely different. <laughs> the energy I'm uh, uh, putting forth today. That's so That's so cool. Hey, were you there that, that crazy year with the, the bombing and all that? I was. Um, um, sadly, yeah, but I, I surprised you with that, so I don't even know if you want to. No, talk you did, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked because actually, yeah. actually uh, um, um, uh, you know, something I remember very well. It's a sad memory, um, you know, tragic, and right. and, and I, uh, you know, to this day, pray for, you know, the the, the victims and the survivors. Mm. Um, it was horrible. Um, but in terms of uh, the emotion I experienced, I did run that year and was stopped a half mile. That was 2013. I was stopped a half mile from the finish line along with hundreds of other runners wow. um, due to the bombings at the finish line. And, 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 and the BAA, Boston Athletic Association, credited um, anyone who had finished at least half of the route that day um, once the race was stopped, which was you know, at the time of the bombings, with, with having completed the whole thing. Wow. Um, they, they handled it so so well, but um, it, it, yeah, in the in the face of adversity, it was such a horrible day. I'll never forget it. And on my blog, I actually um, wrote a big long article with Did pictures. You? I even then carried my uh, phone with me wow. and and posted on Facebook from where I was. And it's a very sad picture and, and traumatic for me to look at right now because I post a picture where I was with probably a thousand others. Right. And I, I said, I am okay. You know, I'm here with all these wow. other runners. 
And, and that was how I think my cousin called my wife and that's how they found out I was okay. Yeah. Cause you got to imagine your family's probably just freaking out. The phones know? weren't working. Um, Casey, uh, ah, it, it was either cause of overload or, yeah. or something. Everyone was trying to use their phones. So, so people couldn't reach by text or phone, but Hey, social media came. Social up. media. So you posted yeah. that where on Facebook or also on Facebook and I have a screenshot. It's on my blog from, wow. you know, it'd be in April, uh, 2013 or May, 2013. I wrote a long article documenting yeah, to that. how I felt that day. Um, it was amazing. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, sad, but, um, yeah. something I'll never forget. And, and then I ran the next year as well, 2014. I, you know, I've run it a bunch of years and can't yeah. wait to run it again this year. And it hasn't stopped you, man. And that, I mean, that's no. the American spirit right there, you know? Well, now that Boston has become associated, like you say, with the American spirit, patriotism, yeah. you know, nothing will stop us. And, 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 you know, we turn something bad into something good and and that motivates us even more to 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 run the thing and and i also run for a charity christmas haven um they're located in boston they provide housing for um kids and their families the kids who are undergoing cancer treatment so i raise funds for them yeah christopher's haven christopher's haven yeah we'll we'll put a link on the show notes to that too because that is awesome yeah i I do have a link yeah so they so they Tell me more about what they do. They, they raise money. They get yep. kids out of bad they, situations, or they help the families. So the kids, families uh, the, the kids have cancer, and they come to Boston for cancer treatment. Right, and they come from all over the world because Boston has some of the best hospitals. True, and, and they need a place to stay. Christmas Haven has, I think, it's about eight apartments in the in Boston, right near Mass General Hospital. Wow, these families whose kids are undergoing cancer treatment with with uh, housing while the kids go through their radiation or whatever type of treatment they're, they're undergoing. So the money I raise goes to Christmas Haven, which helps them provide this housing to those families. That's awesome, man. I mean, to, to do something like that, to run something so crazy and fun. I mean, I've only done a half marathon at this oh, point. Then you know the drill though. I mean, one that's, day, that's though, a, one day I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have five years. I'm passing you. Hey buddy, <laughs> I'll see you to finish. But, <laughs> as, uh, I, as I get older, I'm getting slower. <laughs> so you probably will pass me. I'll have to wait a, cu- a couple decades to, to <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. What, what a cool thing. So you're doing that and you get to purpose it with, I mean, that's a, that's a rough time for parents when, you know, so, and you can just provide a place of comfort, a non hospital place, you know? It is. Like, and I, I visit there every, you know, year, a few times uh, to, to see the kids and the families. And what you yeah. just said, non hospital um Like that word? I made that up. <laughs> it's hard to repeat. Um, you know, it's very, it's, uh, well, it's funny. You're right on because they uh, it just made me think of their tagline. It's a home away for kids when cancer home away for kids when cancer strikes home something like that right say it's home so yeah they provide that home environment um where these families can feel very comfortable and relaxed you know while the kids have to go to the hospital every day and and they're worrying you know i mean this is usually some serious cancer um um you know illnesses uh, illnesses that uh, cancer related treatments they're going through and and very serious cancer that the kids have so it's a tough time for them. Um, but the, I went to the website it, it, and you write the, it's a home for kids when cancer hits home. There you go. Yep. You know? Yep. That's uh that's cool. Yeah. yeah that's my, yeah, my charity that, yeah, that, you know, doing that sometimes in marketing, we're doing our thing, helping people sell sprockets, but it's also whenever you can use your magical marketing powers 
to help someone else out. I mean, that just, that feels right. You know, Casey marketing, you know, social media, it, it, you know, it, it, it giveth and taketh away and, and right. it, it, it can give. And, and that's what I try to do on my own and try to tell clients, you know, cause marketing, you know, have a little part of your budget allocated towards doing something for a nonprofit, doing something for good. And you know what, it comes back to you and then some anyway. So, you know, a lot of these companies might think, oh, I don't have time for that. Or geez, we got to make a profit first. And I say, you know, frankly, in the, in the end, you'll be able to sleep better at night and you'll probably make a bigger profit because, you, yeah. you know, people are going to like you more. Hey, we tie the right back full circle. They're going to like you more and then they're going to be more likely to do business with you. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, give, give a little something and you're going to get a lot back in return. That's it, man. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Have you looked at the clock? It's been like a time warp. <laughs> yeah, what it's happened? Fun, I man. It's only going to be an fun. hour, man. You, you, you know, and you, I guess you weren't kidding. You actually, I thought it was only going to be an hour, but you, you joked it might go eight hours long. Maybe that's yeah. what you're trying to see how long. It's halfway in between. And Bob talk before he uh, loses his voice. Well, you know, yeah, double header. <laughs> <laughs> Episode two coming up right now. <laughs> Love that. Well, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming yeah. on here. I mean, it's been a, such a good time to listen to listen and learn from you. And but you know, even some of myself maybe advanced in social media to hear that that next level Jedi level social. And I've just been paying attention. I mean, I see you pop up on LinkedIn with the videos and all this. So <laughs> it's great to actually pick your brain. You know, one on one. Thank you, Casey. Be 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 uh, aware. Maybe, maybe you'll see one of those videos pop up all about you one of these days. Hey, well, I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to work with you, Cargill Creative, right? Yes, we'll have to do something together, one way or another. This is hopefully uh, the start of uh, many many such uh, projects, if you Agreed. will. Agreed. That we Agreed. work on. Maybe together. I'll join you for the 5K out of the five and 10K. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, hey, I'm gonna go to the bar. Enjoy the next. Yeah, yeah while well, I'm running that last 10. <laughs> well, this is awesome. Hey, what are some of the links that we need to tell people about? Thank you. Place yeah, I'm on Twitter at Cargill Creative. So that's twitter.com, Cargill Creative. Okay. Um, I have a Facebook page, that, a business page, Cargill Creative, as well as Bob Cargill. I okay. would you know, always welcome new friends. LinkedIn, it's Bob Cargill. Instagram, Bob Cargill. Um, I have a blog. It's thebobcargill.com. So I'm all over. YouTube, Bob Cargill. We'd love it. to, you know, welcome new new visitors, new friends, new subscribers, new followers, and 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 many of you I'll follow back if we have something in common. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm um, back at you. Quid pro quo. I love it. I love it, man. This is great. And for everyone listening, you know, if you learned anything, and I know you did, because I've got two pages of notes here. Uh, but share this with someone, right? Get this off your phone and onto someone else's phone, or off their off your computer onto their computer so you can get this knowledge into their hands. And if there's someone doing social wrong, definitely share this with them so Bob can straighten them out. Or um, you know, even the executives or folks at your company that aren't really sure how it plays out, you can see Bob's measured approach, right? Do some research, do some analysis, understand your audience, and then go after them consistently. It's awesome. So definitely get this in their hands. And Bob, I just, last time, I just want to thank you again. Thank you so much for coming here. Thank you, Casey. I really, really appreciate it. it it's uh, your show, and I'm honored to, 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 to be featured on your show. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Now the show is that much better that you've yeah. been on here. So. <laughs> Love it. Thank you very much. Thanks again. And everyone else out there listening, thank you for listening, and we will see you all next time. Uh -huh.